Section forty five of London Labour and the London Poor by Henry Mayhew, Volume One. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Peter Yearsley. The Street Folk, Part forty five. Of the sellers of race cards and lists. This trade is not carried on in town, but at the neighbouring races of Epsom and Ascot Heath, and, though less numerously, at Goodwood it is pursued by persons concerned in the street paper trade of london at epsom i may state that the race-card sale is in the hands of two classes the paper or sheet lists sale being carried on by the same parties namely those who confine themselves to working the races and those who only resort to such work occasionally the first-mentioned sellers usually live in the country and the second in town between these two classes there is rather a strong distinction the country race card sellers are not unfrequently sporting characters the town professor of the same calling feels little interest in the intrigues or great events of the turf of the country traders in this line some act also as touters or touts they are for the most part men who having been in some capacity or other connected with racing or with race horses and having fallen from their position or lost their employment resort to the selling of race cards as one means of a livelihood and to touting or watching race horses and reporting anything concerning them to those interested as another means these men i am assured usually make a book a record and calculation of their bets with grooms or such gentlemen's servants as will bet with them and sometimes one with another the most notorious of the race card selling fraternity is known as captain carrot he is the successor i am told of gentleman jerry who was killed some time back at goodwood races having been run over gentleman jerry's attire twenty-five to thirty-five years ago was an exaggeration of what was then accounted a gentleman's style he wore a light snuff-coloured coat a washing waistcoat of any colour cloth trousers usually the same colour as his coat and a white or yellow white and ample cravat of many folds his successor wears a military uniform always with a scarlet coat hessian boots an old umbrella and a tin eyeglass upon the card sellers however who confine their traffic to races i need not dwell but proceed to the metropolitan dealers who are often patterers when in town it is common for the smarter traders in these cards to be liberal of titles especially to those whom they address on the race ground this is the sort of style sir said one race card seller to me and it tells best with cockneys from their shops ah my lord i hope your lordship's well i've backed your horse my lord he'll win he'll win card my lord correct card only sixpence i'll drink your lordship's health after the race perhaps this here my lord may be a barber you see sir and never had so much as a donkey in his life and he forks out a bob but before he can get his change there always is somebody or other to call for a man like me from a little distance so i'm forced to run off and cry coming sir coming coming your honour coming the mass of these sellers however content themselves with the customary cry here's dawling's correct card of the races names weights and colours of the riders length of bridle and weight of saddle one intelligent man computed that there were five hundred men women and children of all descriptions of street callings who on a derby day left london for epsom 
another considered that there could not be fewer than six hundred at the very lowest calculation of these i am informed the female sellers may number something short of a twentieth part from london while a twelfth of the whole number of regular street sellers attending the races vend at the races cards but card selling is often a cloak for the females and especially those connected with men who depend solely on the races vend improper publications usually at sixpence making the sale of cards or lists a pretext for the more profitable traffic if a man sell from ten to twelve dozen cards on the derby day it is accounted a good day and so is the sale of three-fourths of that quantity on the oaks day on the other or off days two shillings is an average earning the cards are all bought of mr dawling the printer at two shillings and sixpence a dozen the price asked is always sixpence each but those fourpenny bits said one card seller is the ruination of everything and now that they say that the threepenny bits is coming in more things will be worse and worse the lists vary from one shilling and sixpence to two shillings and sixpence the dozen according to size to clear ten shillings and eight shillings on the two great days is accounted tidy doings but that is earned only by those who devote themselves to the sale of the race cards which all the sellers do not some for instance are ballad singers who sell cards immediately before a race comes off as at that time they could obtain no auditory for their melodies ascot heath races i am told are rather better for the card seller than epsom as there's more of the knobs there and fewer of the london vendors of cards the sale of the lists is less than one-eighth that of the sale of cards they are chiefly return lists lists with a specification of the winning horses and so on returned as they acquitted themselves in each race and are sold in the evening or immediately after the conclusion of the sport for the purpose of being posted or kept of the street sellers of gelatine of engraved and of playing cards and so on there are yet other cards the sale of which is carried on in the streets of these the principal traffic has lately been in gelatines gelatine cards those in the greatest demand contain representations of the crystal palace the outlines of the structure being given in gold delineation on the deep purple or mulberry of the smooth and shining gelatine these cards are sold in blank envelopes for the convenience of posting them as a present to a country friend or of keeping them unsoiled if they are retained as a memento of a visit to so memorable a building the principal sale was on sunday mornings in hyde park and to the visitors who employed that day to enjoy the sight of the palace but on the second sunday in february as well as my informant could recollect for almost all street traders will tell you if not in the same words as one patterer used that their recollections are not worth an old button without a neck the police put down the sale of these exhibition cards in the park as well as that of cakes tarts gingerbread and such like dainties this was a bitter disappointment to a host of street sellers who looked forward very sanguinely to the profits they might realize when the great exhibition was in full operation and augured ill to their prospects from this interference i am inclined to think that on this occasion the feelings of animosity entertained by the card sellers towards the police and the authorities were even bitterer than i have described as affecting the costermongers 
why said one man when i couldn't be let sell my cards i thrust my hands into my empty pockets and went among the crowd near the great exhibition place to look about me there was plenty of ladies and gentlemen say about twelve o'clock at sunday noon and as many as could be plenty of em had nice paper bags of biscuits or cakes that of course they'd bought that morning at a pastry cook's and they handed em to their party some had newspapers they was reading about the exhibition i dare say papers which was bought and perhaps was printed that very blessed morning but for us to offer to earn a crust then oh it's again the law in course it is some of the gelatin cards contain pieces of poetry in letters of gold always at least i could hear of no exceptions of a religious or sentimental character a hymn the child's prayer the christian's hope to eliza to a daisy forget-me-not and affection's tribute were among the titles some contained love verses and might be used for valentines and some a sentimental song in the open-air sale nearly all the traffic was in exhibition gelatins and the great bulk were sold in and near hyde park for two or three months from as soon as the glass palace had been sufficiently elevated to command public attention there were daily i am told twenty persons selling those cards in the park and its vicinity and more than twice that number on sundays one man told me that on one fine bright sunday the sale being principally in the morning he had sold ten dozen with a profit of about five shillings on weekdays three dozen was a good sale but on wet cold or foggy days none at all could be disposed of if therefore we take as an average the sale of two dozen daily per each individual and three dozen on a sunday we find that one hundred and eighty pounds was expended on street sold gelatins the price to the retailer is fivepence a dozen with one penny or a penny farthing for a dozen of the larger sized envelopes so leaving the usual profit cent per cent the sellers were not a distinct class but in the hands of the less enterprising of the paper workers or patterers the poetry gelatins were hardly offered at all in the streets except by a few women and children with whom it was a pretext for begging of engraved exhibition cards sold under similar circumstances there might be one-third as many sold as of the gelatins or an expenditure of sixty pounds the sale of playing cards is only for a brief interval it is most brisk for a couple of weeks before christmas and is hardly ever attempted in any season but the winter the price varies from one penny to sixpence but very rarely sixpence and seldom more than threepence the pack the sellers for the most part announce their wares as new cards new playing cards tuppence a pack this subjects the sellers the cards being unstamped to a penalty of ten pounds a matter of which the street traders know and care nothing but there is no penalty on the sale of second-hand cards the best of the cards are generally sold by the street sellers to the landlords of the public houses and beer shops where the customers are fond of a hand at cribbage a cut-in at whist or a game at all fours or all fives a man whose business led him to public houses told me that for some years he had not observed any other games to be played there but he had heard an old tailor say that in his youth fifty years ago put was a common public-house game 
the cheaper cards are frequently imperfect packs if there be the full number of fifty-two some perhaps are duplicates and others are consequently wanting if there be an ace of spades it is unaccompanied by those flourishes which in the duly stamped cards set off the announcement duty one shilling and sometimes a blank card supplies its place the smaller shopkeepers usually prefer to sell playing cards with a piece cut off each corner so as to give them the character of being second-hand but the street sellers prefer vending them without this precaution the cards which are made up from the waste and spoiled cards of the makers are bought chiefly by the retailers at the swag shops playing cards are more frequently sold with other articles such as almanacs than otherwise from the information i obtained it appears that if twenty dozen packs of cards are sold daily for fourteen days it is about the quantity but rather within it the calculation was formed on the supposition that there might be twenty street playing card sellers each disposing allowing for the hindrances of bad weather and so on of one dozen packs daily taking the average price at threepence a pack we find an outlay of forty two pounds the sale used to be far more considerable and at higher prices and was often a good speck on a country round there is still another description of cards sold in the streets of london namely conversation cards but the quantity disposed of is so trifling as to require no special comment of the street sellers of stationery of this body of street traders there are two descriptions the itinerant and the pitching there are also some who unite the two qualities so far as that they move a short distance perhaps two hundred yards along a thoroughfare but preserve the same locality of the itinerant again there are some who on an evening and more especially a saturday evening take a stand in a street market and pursue their regular rounds the other portions of the day the itinerant trader carries a tray and in no few cases as respects the display of his wares emulates the tradesman's zeal in dressing a window temptingly the tray most in use is painted or mahogany with ledges front and sides or as one man described it an upright four-inch bordering to keep things in their places the back of the tray which rests against the bearer's breast is about twelve inches high narrow pink tapes are generally attached to the ledges and back within which are slipped the articles for sale at the bottom of the tray are often divisions in which are deposited steel pens wafers wax pencils penholders and as one stationer expressed it packable things that you can't get much show out of one man who rather plumed himself on being a thorough master of his trade said to me it's a grand point to display sir now just take it in this way suppose you yourself sir lived in my round very good you hear me cry as i'm uh, approaching your door and suppose you was a customer you says to yourself here's penny a choir as i'm called oft enough and i'll soon be with you and i gives an extra emphasis at a customer's door very good you buys the note as you buys the note you gives a look over my tray and then you says oh i want some steel pens and is your ink good and you buy some but for the display you'd have sent to the shopkeepers and i should have lost custom cause it wouldn't have struck you footnote 
i may here observe that i have rarely heard tradesmen dealing in the same wares as street sellers described by those street sellers by any other term than that of shopkeepers End footnote. the articles more regularly sold by the street sellers of stationery are note paper letter paper envelopes steel pens pen holders sealing wax wafers black lead pencils ink in stone bottles memorandum books almanacs and valentines occasionally they sell india rubber slate pencil slates copy books story books and arithmetical tables the stationery is purchased for the most part in budge row and drury lane the half quires sold at a penny contain generally ten sheets if the paper however be of superior quality only eight sheets in the paper warehouses it is known as outsides with no more than ten sheets to the half quire the price varying from four shillings to six shillings the ream twenty quires or if bought by weight from sevenpence to ninepence the pound the envelopes are sold wholesale at from sixpence to fifteen pence the dozen the higher priced being adhesive and with impressions now generally the crystal palace on the place of the seal the commoner are retailed in the streets at twelve and the better at six a penny sometimes a job lot soiled is picked up by the street stationer at fourpence a pound the sealing a pound retailed at a halfpenny each the flat wax however is one shilling and fourpence per pound containing from thirty to thirty-six sticks retailed at a penny each wafers at the same swag shops are threepence or fourpence the pound in small boxes ninepence the gross ink fourpence halfpenny or fivepence the dozen bottles pencils sevenpence to eight shillings a gross and steel pens from fourpence waste to three shillings a gross but the street stationers do not go beyond two shillings the gross which is for magnum bonums of the experience of a street stationer a middle-aged man gave me the following account he had pursued the trade for upwards of twelve years he was a stout cosy-looking man wearing a loose greatcoat the back of his tray rested against his double-breasted waistcoat the pattern of which had become rather indistinct but which was buttoned tightly up to his chin as if to atone for the looseness of his coat the corner of his mouth towards his left ear was slightly drawn down for he seemed in crying to pitch his voice so that it could be heard a street off out of the corner of his only partially opened mouth middlin sir he said times is middlin with me they might be better but then they might be worse i can manage to live the times is changed since i was first in the business there wasn't no vellops envelopes then and no note paper least i had none but i made as good or a better living than i do now a better indeed when the penny postage came in i don't mind the year but i hadn't been long in the trade it was in eighteen forty i cried some of the postage vellops they was big figured things at first with elephants and such like on them and i called them at prime cost if anything was bought with them the very first time a policeman says you mustn't sell them covers what authority have you to do it why the authority to earn a dinner says i but it was no go another peeler came up and said i wasn't to cry them again or he'd have me up and so that speck came to nothing 
i sell to ladies and gentlemen and to servant maids and mechanics and their wives and indeed all sorts of people some fine ladies that call me to the door on the slide do behave very shabby why there was one who wanted five half choir of note for fourpence and i told her i couldn't afford it and so she said that she knew the world and never gave nobody the price they first asked if that's it ma'am says i people that knows your plan can accommodate you that knowing card of a lady sir as she reckons herself had as much velvet to her body such a gown as would pay my tailor's bills for twenty year but i don't employ a fashionable tailor and can patch a bit myself as i was two years with a saddler and was set to work to make girths and horse clothes my master died and all went wrong and i had to turn out without nobody to help me for i had no parents living but i was a strong young fellow of sixteen i first tried to sell a few pairs of girths and a roller or two to livery stable keepers and horse dealers and job masters but i was next to starving they wouldn't look at anything but what was good and the stuff was too high and the profit too little for i couldn't get regular prices in course and so i dropped it there's no men in the world so particular about good things as them as is about valuable horses i've often thought if rich people cared half as much about poor men's togs that was working for them for next to nothing as they cared for their horse clothes it would be a better world i was dead beat at last but i went down to epsom and sold a few race guards i'd borrowed a shilling of a groom to start with and he wouldn't take it back when i offered it and that wax is bought at general warehouses known as swag shops of which i may speak hereafter at eightpence the pound there being forty-eight round sticks in was my beginning in the paper trade i felt queer at first and queerer when i wasn't among the horses as at the races like but one gets reconciled to anything except to a man like me a low lodging-house a stable's a palace to it i got into stationery at last and it's respectable i've heard people say how well they could read and write and it was no good to them it has been and is still a few pence to me though i can only read and write middling i write notes and letters for summers buys paper of me never anything in the begging way never it wouldn't do to have my name mixed up that way i've often got extra pennies for directing and doing up valentines in nice vellops why i spoke to a servant girl the other day she was at the door and says i any nice paper to-day to answer your young man's last love letter or to write home and ask your mother's consent to your being wed next monday week that's the way to get them to listen sir well i finds that she can't write and so i offers to do it for a pint of beer and she to pay for the paper of course and then there was so many orders what to say her love to no end of aunts and all sorts of messages and inquiries about all sorts of things and when i'd heard enough to fill a long letter sheet she calls me back and says i'm afraid i've forgot uncle thomas i makes it all short enough in the letter sir my kind love to all inquiring friends takes in all uncle thomas's i writes them when i gets a bite of dinner sometimes i posts them if i'm paid beforehand at other times i leaves them next time i pass the door there's no mystery made about it if a missus says what's that i've heard a girl answer it's a letter i've got written home ma'am i haven't time myself or i'm no scholar ma'am but that's only where i've known i don't write one a week the year round perhaps forty in a year i charge a penny or tuppence or if it's a very poor body and no gammon about it nothing well then i think i never wrote a love letter 
Women does that for one another, I think, when the young housemaid can't write as well as she can talk. I jokes some as I knows, and says I writes all sorts of letters but love letters, and for them, you see, says I, there's wanted the best gilt edge, and a fancy vellum, and a dictionary. I take more for note and vellops than anything else, but far the most for note. Some has a sheet folded and fitted into a vellop when they buys, as they can't fit it so well theirselves, they say. Perhaps I make two shillings a day take it all round. Some days I may make as much as three shillings and sixpence. At others, especially wet days, not one shilling. But I call mine a tidy round, and better than an average. I've only myself, and pays one shilling and ninepence a week for a tidy room, with a few of my own sticks in it. I buy sometimes in Budge Row and sometimes in Drury Lane, very seldom at a swag shop, Birmingham House, for I don't like them. Well now, I've heard, sir, that poor men like me ain't to be allowed to sell anything in the park at the great exhibition. How's that, sir? I told him I could give no information on the subject. It's likely enough to be true, he resumed. The knobs will want to keep it all to themselves. I read Lloyd's weekly newspaper on a Sunday. And what murders and robberies there is now? What will there be when the great exhibition opens? For rogues is worse than a crowd, and they say there'll be plenty come to London from all arts and parts. Never mind, if I can see anything better to do in a fair way at the exhibition, I'll cut the streets. Perhaps my earnings is half from working people and half from private houses. That's about it, but working people's easiest satisfied. I have given this man's statement more fully than I should have thought necessary, that I might include his account of letter-writing. The letter-writer was at one period a regular street labourer in London, as he is now in some continental cities, Naples, for instance. The vocation in London seems in some respects to have fallen into the hands of the street stationer, but the majority of letters written for the uneducated, and their letter-receiving or answering is seldom arduous, is done, I believe, by those who are rather vaguely but emphatically described as friends. I am told that there are 120 street stationers in London, a small majority of whom may be itinerant, but chiefly on regular rounds. On a Sunday morning, in such places as the Brill, are two or three men, but not regularly, who sell stationery only on Sunday mornings. Taking the number, however, at 120, I am assured that their average profits may be taken at eight shillings weekly, each stationer. On notepaper of the best sort, the profit is sometimes only fifty per cent, but take the trade altogether, we may calculate it at said per cent, on some things it is higher, and we find four thousand nine hundred and ninety-two pounds yearly expended in street stationery. Of a reduced gentlewoman and a reduced tradesman as street sellers of stationery. I now give two statements which show the correctness of my conclusion that among the street stationers were persons of education who had known prosperity, and that as a body those engaged in this traffic were a better class than the mass of the paper workers. They are also here cited as illustrations of the causes which lead, or rather force, many to a street life. The first statement is that of a lady. My father, she said, was an officer in the army and related to the Pitt family. After his death, I supported myself by teaching music. I was considered very talented by my profession, both as teacher and composer. 
i may here interrupt the course of the narrative by saying that i myself have had printed proofs of the lady's talents in this branch of art a few years ago a painful and protracted illness totally incapacitated me from following my profession consequently i became reduced to a state of great destitution for many weeks i remained ill in my own room i often during that time went without nourishment the day through i might have gone into an hospital but i seemed to dread it so much that it was not until i was obliged to give up my room that i could make up my mind to enter one from that time until within a few weeks ago i have been an inmate of several hospitals the last i was in was the convalescent establishment at carshalton on my coming to london i found i had to begin the world again as it were in a very different manner from what i have been accustomed to i had no head to teach i felt that and what to do i hardly knew i had no home to go to and not a halfpenny in the world i had heard of the house of charity in soho square and as a last resort i went there but before i could have courage to ask admittance i got a woman to go in and see what kind of a place it was i seemed to fear it so much i met with great kindness there however and by the time i left the care they had bestowed upon me had restored my health in a measure but not my head the doctors advised me to get some outdoor occupation i am always better in the open air but what to do i could not tell at last i thought of a man i had known who made fancy envelopes i went to him and asked him to allow me to go round to a few houses with some of them for a small percentage this he did and i am therefore enabled by going along the streets and calling to offer my envelopes at any likely house just to live none but those who have suffered misfortune as i have done can tell what my feelings were on first going to a house i could not go where i was known i had not the courage nor would my pride allow me my pupils had been very kind to me during my illnesses but i could not bear the idea of going to them and offering articles for sale my fear of strangers is so great that i tremble when i knock at a door lest i should meet with an angry word how few have any idea of the privations and suffering that have been endured before a woman brought up as i have been can make up her mind to do as i am obliged to do i am now endeavouring to raise a little money to take a room and carry on the envelope business myself i might do pretty well i think and should my head get better in time i might get pupils again at present i could not teach the distressed state of my mind would not allow me the tradesman's statement he forwarded to me in writing supplying me with every facility to test the full accuracy of his assertions which it is right i should add i have done and found all as he has stated i give the narrative in the writer's words and his narrative will be found at once diffuse and minute as a faithful representation of a reduced tradesman's struggles thoughts and endurances before being forced into the streets i was brought up he writes as a linen draper after filling every situation as an assistant both in the wholesale and retail trade i was for a considerable time in business endeavouring to save another from ruin i advanced what little money i had at my bankers and became security for more as i thought i saw my way clear but a bond of judgment was hanging over the concern kept back from me of course 
and the result was i lost my money to the amount of some hundreds of which i have not recovered one pound since that time i have endeavoured to gain a livelihood as a town traveller in eighteen forty five i became very much afflicted and the affliction continued the greater part of the following year at one time i had fifteen wounds on my body and lost the use of one side i was reduced by bodily disease as well as in circumstances my wife went to reside among her friends and i after my being an outpatient of bartholomew's hospital went through necessity to clerkenwell workhouse when recovered i made another effort to do something among my own trade and thought after about two years struggle i should recover in a measure my position in august eighteen forty nine i sent for a few shillings worth of light articles from london being then at dunstable i received them and sold one small part i went the following day to the next village nearer london there i had a violent attack of cholera which once more defeated my plans leaving me in a weak condition i was obliged to seek the refuge of my parish and consider that very harshly was i treated there they refused me admittance and suffered me to walk the street two days and two nights i had no use of my arm was ill and disabled about half-past seven on the third night a gentleman hearing of my sufferings knocked at the door of the union took me inside and dared them to turn me thence this was in october eighteen forty nine i lay on my bed there for seven weeks nearly and a few days before christmas day the parish authorities brought me before the board and turned me out with one shilling and a loaf one of the overseers telling me to go to h ll and lodge anywhere i came to lodge at the model lodging-house king street drury lane but being winter-time they were full although i remained there in the daytime i was obliged to sleep at another house at this domicile i saw how many ways there were of getting what the very poor call a living and various suggestions were offered i was promised a gift of two shillings and sixpence by an individual on a certain day but i had to live till that day and many were the feelings of my mind how to dispose of what might remain when i received the two shillings and sixpence as i was getting a little into debt my debt when paid left me but ninepence halfpenny out of the two shillings and sixpence to trade with i had never hawked an article before that time to stand the streets was terrible to my mind and how to invest this small sum sadly perplexed me my mind was racked by painful anxiety one moment almost desponding the next finding so much sterling value in a shilling that i saw in it the means of rescuing me from my degradation wanting many of the necessaries of life but without suitable attire for my own business and still weak from illness i made up my mind on the afternoon of second of january eighteen fifty i purchased one and a half dozen memorandum books of a stationer in clerkenwell telling him my capital i obtained the name of ninepence halfpenny man the amount of my funds at that shop the next step was how to dispose of my books i thought i would go round to some coffee and public houses as i could not endure the streets i went into one where i was formerly known and sold sixpence worth and meeting a person who was once in my own line at another house i sold fourpence worth more the first night therefore i got over well the next day i did a little but not so well and i found out that what i had bought was not the most ready sale my returns that week were only six shillings and twopence i found i must have something different one thing would not do alone so i bought a few children's books and almanacs sometimes going to market with as little as seven farthings 
i could not rise to anything better in the way of provisions during this time than dry toast and coffee as the rent must be looked to i struggled on hoping against hope at one period i had a cold and lost my voice two or three wet days in a week made me a bankrupt if i denied myself food to increase my stock and went out for a day or two to some near town i found that with small stock and small returns i could not stem the tide i always avoided associating with any but those a step higher in the grades of society a circumstance that caused me not to know as much of the market for my cheap articles as i might have done i am perhaps looked on as rather an aristocrat as i am not often seen by the street sellers at a stand my difficulties have been of no ordinary kind with a desire for more domestic comfort on one hand and painful reflections from want of means on the other i have had to call to my aid all the philosophy i possess to keep up a proper equilibrium lest i should be tempted to do anything derogatory or dishonest i am desirous of a rescue at the only time likely for it to take place with advantage as i am persuaded when persons continue long in a course that endangers their principles and self-respect a rescue becomes hopeless should i have one small start with health the privations i have undergone show not what comforts i have had or may ever hope to have but what i can absolutely do without i found the first six months not quite so good as the latter march and may being the worst the entire amount taken from january the second to december the thirty first eighteen fifty was twenty eight pounds ten shillings and sixpence an average of about eleven shillings and fourpence a week say for the cost of goods six shillings per week and rent one shilling and ninepence leaving me but three shillings and sevenpence clear for living this statement sir is strictly correct as i do not get cent per cent on all the articles and yet with so small a return i am not behind one single crown at the present time on new year's day last i had but the cost price of stock fivepence up to the evening of february the tenth i have taken two pounds nineteen shillings and eightpence having paid for goods one pound ten shilling and fivepence and for rent eight shillings and tenpence leaving me one pound and fivepence to exist on during nearly six weeks these facts and figures show that without a little assistance it is impossible to rise and remember this circumstance i have had to walk on some occasions as much as twenty or twenty-two miles in a day if those whom providence has blessed with a little more than their daily wants would only enter into the conflicts of the really reduced person they would not be half so niggardly in spending a few coppers for useful articles at least nor overbearing in their requirements as to bulk when purchasing of the itinerant vendor did they but reflect that they themselves might be in the same condition or some of their families i am sure they would not act as they do for i would venture to say that the common street beggar does not get more rebuffs or insults than the educated and unfortunate reduced tradesmen in the streets the past year has been one of the most trying and painful yet i hope instructive periods of my existence and one of which i trust i never shall see the like again i subjoin one of the testimonies that have been furnished me as to this man's character and which i thought it right to procure before giving publicity to the above statement it is from a minister of the gospel the street seller's father-in-law dear sir i received a letter last tuesday from mr knight intimating that he was requested by you to inquire into the character of mr j n 
it is quite correct as he states that his wife is my daughter they lived together several years in london but eventually notwithstanding her efforts in the millinery and straw work they became so reduced that their circumstances obliged my daughter to take her two little girls with herself to us this was in the summer eighteen forty five his wife and children have been of no expense to mr n since that time the sole cause of their separation was poverty i consider him to have acted imprudently in giving up his situation to depend on an income arising from a small capital whereas if he had kept in a place while she attended to her own business they might have gone on comfortably and should they through the interposition of a kind providence gain that position again it is to be hoped that they will improve the circumstance to the honour and glory of the author of all our mercies and with gratitude to the instrument who may be raised up for their good i am dear sir respectfully yours j d other vouchers have been received and all equally satisfactory end of section forty five